Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm looking forward to catching up with Ben Gleeson, who spent a lot of time as the assistant trainer to Danny O'Brien in Victoria, but now he's set to take up a... An exciting and um, massive challenge as the head trainer or the looking after the Australian base for Tiako Racing, one of the real powerhouses of Australasian racing these days. And Ben joins us on the, the line now. Ben, good morning to you. Congratulations first. Um, this seems to be a plum job to get. Morning, Gareth. Yeah, no, thank you. I really appreciate it. And, um, yeah, it's incredible to be joining such an amazing team and uh, hopefully I can uh, do them proud. How did this role come about? Uh, I emailed David Ellis, to be honest. So I sort of got to my five years of Danny and um, was looking for a new challenge, whether I was thinking about going out on my own or um, I'd also, a couple of years ago before COVID, heard whispers that they wanted to open Australian Stable and it, it always stayed in my mind. And um, after sort of having to think about where, where I'm heading after five years with Danny, I sent David Ellis an email, similar to you know, the way Jamie Richards had approached him. I know at a, young, at a young age, and I know that Mark Walker also approached David at a young age, and just sort of heard these stories along the grapevine, and thought I would follow that. And uh, I sent David an email, and within 24 hours, Mark rang me and explained to me the situation, and that uh, they were setting up a Cranbourne, and this was a timely email. Um, he said they they had people on their radar that they were already looking at. But, um, yeah, thankfully I was forward enough and um, things fell my way. You, you make a really good point there. When you have a look at the history of Tiako Racing, they took a punt on a young man by the name of Jamie Richards after he was uh, basically a racing manager there for them for a little while. And then when Walker went to Singapore, he took over the reins in New Zealand and did what he was able to achieve. And then his first season in Hong Kong has been remarkable. And, Obviously, Mark Walker is a, a Group 1 class horseman and his record, especially since he's come back, has been extraordinary. He's about to train, what, 200 winners in a season in New Zealand this time around. Um, what is it about David Ellis and Tiako Racing that just breeds success, Ben? Is that is that what really attracted you to the job as well? Yeah, of course. Like Knowing that they were coming to Australia and, and how successful they'd been when they come here, let alone in their own country, was... Mm huge attraction. There's uh, a, a lot of background behind David as to how successful he is with, with the business and, and such a good operator. And then combine that with Mark's world-class training resume, basically. Um, it's it's incredibly attractive and, and the quality of horse that they continue to source. You know, David Ellis is probably one of the best judges in Australasia and the chance to work with top-class horses, learn off a top-class trainer and and open myself up to a whole new ownership base as well. Um, it's just an incredibly attractive operation that um, it can only sort of leverage anyone that joins it. Yeah, and looking from afar, it, it's quite amazing what they've been able to do, David Ellis and Tiako Racing, based in New Zealand. And we all know that it can be a difficult game, especially to attract new trainers. But every time I've had a, no, trainers, new owners, but every time I've had a chat to David Ellis... 
he says that people are knocking down his door to get involved with Tiako Racing and that they're not only having success in New Zealand and they've been able to have that model with some terrible prize money on offer there in New Zealand, but they're still able to attract donors and they've had success in, in Singapore. Um, have you worked out how David Ellis can do that, Ben? Look, David's obviously built an amazing contact base over the years yeah. that, that is an endless tree. And uh, the way that I've been looked after and, and incorporated into things already, um, and, I, and I haven't even been over New Zealand yet, I would say that that's a standard across the board with their owners. I know that they do a lot of entertaining, a lot of, in, you know, they're really inclusive with their owners, whether it be their updates or lunches or functions and, and race day experience. I think they just provide uh, an amazing race experience and, and that allows them to have a huge ownership base. You know, I think someone was, well, they were telling me that within the business, they've got owners in, in over sort of 30 or 40 countries, I think was the, the fact, but um, yeah. it's an incredible statistic and, um, they've just allowed their brand to be so well regarded and um, it just keeps getting passed on to each person. And yeah, for that matter, like everyone thinks it's a, an enclosed, a lot of people think it's an enclosed indication, but anyone can call up and, and be a part of, of Tiakia, which is once people find that out, I think a really attractive thing as well. So what's the process with you now? When do you officially start with Tiako Racing? So I've got two weeks left with Danny. Um, yeah. We just thought we'd finish off the season that's been and, and round things out. Um, a few nice horses running over the coming weeks that we wanted to, you know, finish off in a nice way. And then um, I do have two weeks until I fly over to New Zealand, 13th of August. I'll head over there and spend a week or so just getting to know the, the stable and the routine and, and Sam, who's Mark's training partner. And, um, and then I'll go out to all the farms and meet clientele and, and see David's farm. So following that week, the plan is to have horses over here by the first week of September. Mm-hmm. Um, that will depend upon the stable being ready at Cranbourne. And if, if it's not ready yet, then we'll have the option to, to have some horses at Flemington, which Jack Howe have had over the years as a, a travelling base. So hopefully the first horses will be here by the first of September and uh, we'll be up and running with, with half a dozen to a dozen horses, depending on uh, stable availability. So with Ben Gleeson, the new assistant trainer of Tiako Racing, and he heads up the operation there, Australian-based at Cranbourne. So will those stables be ready? And what's the, the progress there at Cranbourne? Yeah, they they are promising that it'll be ready by the first week. Of September. Yeah. However, I know that operations were only beginning yesterday or today. So um, I know the builders out there, Darren is a, a pretty efficient guy and doesn't mess around, so he's promising that it's going to be done. But um, at first, we're just going to have a, a twenty-horse barn built with um, with sort of uh, a utility block for for all our feed and gear and whatnot, and a walker. And then they're going to fence that off. And over the next twelve months, the plan is to build another sixty boxes around that. Uh, so all in all, in twelve to eighteen months, we would hope to have uh, up to or upwards of eighty horses in work out there. I was thinking about this yesterday when I was reading your story and how you've been able to get this job with Tiako Racing based at Cranbourne. You've spent a lot of time at Barwon Heads in Flemington working with Danny O'Brien. You've got a pretty handy resume in the early part of your career. Mark Walker's based it in New Zealand. And it's not easy when you've got these top-class Group 1 horses coming from New Zealand to a new training base at Cranbourne. I remember having a chat to Mick Price. We had the trainer's tower during last spring where we would talk to trainers and um, 
try and pick their brains and their philosophies and the way that they prepare horses. And it was interesting when he first arrived at Cranbourne. He had so much success after he left Caulfield. After, of course, they, they a lot of um, the trainers, the Caulfield trainers, made that transition from Caulfield to, to Cranbourne. And Mick was saying that he spent a lot of time in the lead-up to going to Cranbourne in, in walking the tracks, the sand tracks, understanding the wind conditions, um, all trying to work out in his brain how hard he can work these horses, how he can gallop these horses because it was a different ball game with the facilities that he would be able to use at Cranbourne. Um, yeah. Are you looking forward to that challenge, Benny? Because I would imagine for Tiako Racing yourself and, and, and the team there, um, that would be the biggest challenge of all. Yeah, you couldn't sum it up any better. It's, to me, it's probably the most exciting part of it. Um, you know, coming from Flemington, which we do have great facilities here, but um, you are you are limited in a way. And having the option of going down to Bowen Heads, learning how to train on heavy sand, um, learning treble training, you know, I've, I've managed to um, build a good balance of training understandings with Danny, thankfully. And heading out to Cranbourne, I, I got a tour um, by the track manager Sim, and he showed me the the cross-country track, I suppose you call it, which is a, a similar heavy sand setup. Um, they're putting in a deep sand track as well on top of that. So they're going to have like three options for that, which uh, I've learned everything about heavy sand training with Dan, thankfully, over the years. So be able to apply that. You've got copious amounts of grass, um, synthetic tracks. So I think one of the first conversations I had with Mark was what's your, your training approach? And he said to me that, um, you know, I'm coming to Cranbourne, compared to Matter Matter is, is chalk and cheese. And he said, I've got to be just as open-minded about how we train these horses and get the best out of them. So uh, the, the exciting part is being able to work with Mark to hopefully work out the right balance and, and bringing, I'm pretty lucky as I said, that I've got a really good understanding and grasp of, of the heavy, side, heavy sand side of things, which has been a big key to all these stables out there. And hopefully I can um, apply that with Mark's training and we find a, a perfect balance. Can it be a case sometimes when you look at Cranbourne and everybody's praising the club and all of their facilities and the options that they give you trainers, but sometimes is there too many options that it can become a little confusing from time to time in a way that you're just like, oh, I should try that, or maybe um, we need to give this horse um, a galloping or more work on the heavy sand. Um is it a case or is it just a case for horses for courses? Some will enjoy the heavy sand and some won't. No, it is definitely a case of, of horses for courses. I've, I can tell you there's mornings I've spent down at Barwon Edge where you, you're watching a string of horses yeah. go up and down in the heavy sand and, and you'll quite often have one or two that are running away from it. They really can't uh, thrive in it or let alone get through it. And then you just have some horses that just cop the work. They love it. They come out of it like a, a raging bull and, um, you've really got to pay close attention to those that, that love doing that and the ones that are running away from it or, or they might be, um, you know, really exhausted afterwards and and, um, and not sort of come through the next day eating their food or something like that. So you've got to watch those horses really closely and, um, you know, judge their physique as well. And if you can um, sort of master those key points, then, then you should be able to keep horses on the right path as to what suits them. Plenty of good horses with Tiako Racing. Imperatrice is the headline act. I was 
interested to read that her main aim will be the champion sprint, but surely someone comes knocking, mate, that you might be uh, making a trip early to Sydney for, for an Everest. I can't work out why she hasn't really got a slot just yet. I'm sure she's on the shortlist of many of the, the slot holders that still are looking for a, a horse. And I think there's still eight slots left. To be honest, there's probably about five slots left because there's still Coolmore and um, Godolphin who will pick their own and probably Chris Waller will pick his own as well. So um, is, there, is there still a chance if you do get a, a knock at the door or the phone rings that you might head up to, to Sydney for an Everest with her? I think Mark and David have been pretty clever with the way they've plotted her, her spring ahead. You know, there's basically $10 million on offer down here yeah. um, with the races panned out for her. And you, you're possibly going to be just missing the, the edge of those top top sprinters, like Giga Kick. Um, so I think it's a very strategic plan. Um, Mark said she's, she's furnished and she's turning into a big, strong filly, but she, she could even be getting better with age. And um, and the plan that they have for her is is to keep her in Melbourne for the spring. Who knows if she happens to to win a few on the bounce, um, you know they might consider it. But that's entirely their decision. And um, as, as far as I'm aware, we've got the, the four races planned for her in the spring, and um, she's going to have every chance in those races. Exciting times, mate. Is there any other horses that you're really looking forward to? getting your hands on when they head to Australia? Have you been given that list just yet or is that just a, a work in progress as well? Because they've got a couple of um, um, rising three-year-olds that are exciting, I think, that we can keep a close eye on. Yeah, there's a really exciting group of, of two turning three-year-olds. Um, we're still going through that list. We've sort of gone through a dozen to 20 horses that would be suited to come over here. We're just waiting to, to get their ratings from uh, David Egan, the chief handicapper. Once we get that, we'll work out a, a list. But um, you'll probably see the likes of, of the really top three-year-olds stay in New Zealand. Mm. Um, Mark and David want to make sure the focus is on New Zealand as well, that, that they um, they show their you know, 100% um, focused on New Zealand just as much as Australia. So the likes of Tokyo Tycoon, he'll, he'll probably stay over there and race in the spring and then come over here for the autumn. Um, it's also hard... Being a New Zealand winter, the horses probably don't season as good as they do in Australia, and um, you're sort of on the backwards foot there. So uh, the was the was plan is to keep a majority of the three year olds over there, and um, and send some seasoned campaigners over here to, to hopefully um, knock over some metro races and and let Imperishers be the star of the show. We'll probably bring over a nice filly called uh, Zurian. Yes, uh, she's a group wing filly of Cambridge Studs. She might be another banner horse for us. Um, during the spring. So a couple of nice group horses. Um, I think Nathan Bow and Campion Essen might be on the plane over. So um, you know, four, four quality group mares there that um, we'll be more than happy to, to attack the spring with. Well, Tiako Racing got a beauty, mate. You've been so impressive with your work that you've done for Danny. You speak really well to the media um, and uh, you've got a bright future and you deserve this chance to work with a powerhouse like Tiako Racing. And you go out on a high, no doubt about that, with Danny O'Brien because you got young Vert to win another race, um, which was yeah, great that to was, see. that was a huge thrill. Yeah. Huge thrill. <laughs> well done, mate. We wish you the best of luck. And you're still an Aussie, by the way. You might be representing the Kiwis, but you're still an Aussie, all right? Absolutely. No, through thick and thin. Good on you, Benny. Thanks for that, mate. Yeah. Thanks, Gary.